Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Braille Digitally for December 17th, 2022. Thank you all for joining us today. Please remember that if you would like to be a presenter and talk about your favorite Braille device, you can do so by contacting me at doingbrailledigitally at gmail.com. Com. That's all one word, no spaces. And today I have the pleasure of having Dan Teveld with me today to present about the Braille. He may also talk a little bit about the Mantis if there is time. If not, we will just have to have him back for another week to do that. So please be ready with any questions you may have and listen to what he has to say. And welcome, Dan, and you can go right ahead. It's all yours. Uh, thank you, Nikki. Uh, can everyone hear me? Yep, we can, can you, hear you. Okay, great. Today I'd like to talk about the Q-Braille, which is a 40-cell Braille display uh, manufactured by Hims. It's one of their two Braille products. <clears throat> In a way, this presentation is sort of a follow-up to uh, the excellent presentation that Diane Scalzi did about the Braille Edge a number of weeks ago. And I would consider the Q Braille a sort of a product which kind of picked up where the Braille Edge uh, stopped. It has the same processor. It has some of the same applications. But there are some differences. Uh, the intent that HIMS had was to develop a braille display that could work with a screen reader in the normal way and also have its own hybrid uh, applications, as well as a complete Windows key so that a person could not only operate uh, braille, commit uh, not only do braille input with their screen reader, but also control their computer as a Windows device. In fact, when you first plug it in, uh, before you've installed any drivers or anything, uh, your Windows computer will see it as a Braille display. I'm sorry, will see it as a standard keyboard. Uh, you'll, you'll be able to type. It will come out in like computer Braille, uh, but you won't be able to read anything. So you will have to install the driver for the Q Braille. <clears throat> so the Q Braille is not the current generation of Braille displays like the Mantis or the Brilliant, which use the new 8-HID standard. It uses the older standard, which is used by the Focus displays. And in many ways, it is similar to the Focus display. Now, the interesting thing about the Q-Braille is its layout. It has an unusual layout. If you sit in front of it, you will see what looks like a conventional uh, Braille writer keyboard with eight dots. Um, the six uh, Braille keys, and then to the left, the backspace key, and to the right, the enter key. But along the bottom and on the left and right sides, there are additional keys. Uh, on the bottom, starting from left to right, you have the control key, the FN key, the Windows key, and the alt key and then the space bar 
then the right side you have another alt key and um, the control key and uh, I'm sorry, the alt key, then the applications key, and then the control key. I use these keys so rapidly that sometimes I even forget. And then to the right of the real keyboard are the standard Windows uh, arrow keys, up, you know, the T-shaped that you would see on a normal computer, up, down, left, right. Then moving back to the left side, there are two additional columns of keys. The first column is below escape. And that, and in fact, the first additional key is marked with a line going from left to right. <clears throat> and that key is the pairing key, which I'll talk about in a little while. And the next key below that is the mode key, which I'll also explain. The next row over, starting at F, below F1, are the uh, first key is tab, then caps lock, and then shift tab. And those keys, because they work just like Windows, you can use them as Windows keys, or when you're using a mobile device, or um, they have functions with the standalone applications as well. Uh, and, fr and then in front of you, closest to the edge, are the 40 cells with cursor wrap routing buttons. To the left and right of the cursor routing buttons are the familiar for any HIMSS users of their note takers uh, or the Braille Edge are the capsule shaped keys on the left and right. The top one moves backwards, the bottom one moves to the right. Uh, forwards, it's also true on the capsule keys on the right side. How they work will depend on your screen reader. I think that uh, NVDA may support more of the keys. I, as I said, I really don't pay attention. I just scroll uh, text. Sometimes you may have to tweak Braille settings in JAWS to at NVDA to uh, get it to scroll to the next 40 characters. For example, example in, in NVDA, you might have to set the panning to automatic so that when you pan text, the cursor will move also. And um, on the left side of the device is, uh, there's really nothing. It just, uh, oh, except the power switch. The power switch is close to the back of the left side. The whole device looks like a big rectangle. And the power button works just like other HIMSS products. If you push it and hold it, it turns off. If you push it and hold it again, it turns on. And you can play the familiar hymn startup sound, although you can turn it off. I have it turned on. And then along the back, facing away from you, from left to right, there is nothing until you get to the reset button. And you can use that reset button if the device isn't responding, either to turn power off if, if there's a lockup and uh, other things you've tried. Uh, don't work. I have to use it sometimes. You just stick a pen or something, and it will start the unit all the way from the beginning, loading the uh, software for the device. And then on the right side, there are, and I have to always look 
because one of them, there are, uh, there, there's a slot that looks like an SD card slot, a USB port, and then another slot. One of the slots, I believe the, uh, I always get these mixed up. I have to stick the SD card in and if it goes in, I know it's the other, it's not the um, other one. One of the slots is a light indicator. So a sighted person can see if the device is in fact working. If you stick an SD card in the device, you have available the uh, familiar, if you've used HIMSS products like the Braille Edge, you have the same set of menus by pressing space with Z. Although in the case of the Q Braille, I believe you have to also press backspace. You will get into the menus for uh, the, the standalone applications as well as the connectivity menu to uh, set up a uh, uh, mobile connections. What makes this device different, and it's a concept that people kind of have a difficult time wrapping their minds around, is it? it's like the, it, it's the same concept which HIMS originally introduced in the Smart Beetle. If any of you have seen, that was a 14-cell Braille display, and that product is not made anymore. And the whole point of this uh, interface is to allow the user to have screen reader and keyboard connections. And what that means is if you're using a mobile device, you can you can connect as a screen reader like VoiceOver or uh, um, TalkBack. And you can also connect as a keyboard. What that means is you will have available your Android and iOS screen reader commands as well as as keyboard commands with, uh, with those devices. There are six uh, Bluetooth connections possible. Actually, there are 12. The first six, um, actually 13, USB is considered a connection, but you don't actually have to set it up. You just, when you plug the device in and it's hooked to a computer, the device defaults to a USB connection. But what's unique with mobile connections that the first six keys are for standard uh, uh, screen reader connections. So you could, let's say you wanted to use your iPhone on the first connection, you'd uh, to assign it, you'd press the pairing key, which is the uh, key in the leftmost column and you'd hold it and press F1 and you'd see a message on your Braille display that you can pair it you would go into the voiceover menu and uh, accessibility and pair it. Now, if you wanted to have that same kind of a connection plus keyboard, uh, the Apple keyboard, you would press F6. So each mobile connection is also supplemented by a hybrid connection. And the hybrid connection won't work unless you define it. But that slot in the uh, in the list of connections is reserved, so you can have twelve connections. Um, I'll explain a little bit more about hybrid mode, how that works in Windows, uh, because it's the same uh, principle. It's an interesting concept. I think sometimes people have a hard time wrapping their minds around it. Uh, they'll connect it and they'll say, "Why didn't Braille work?" And you might have to go back and say, "Well, did you define?" a voiceover connection.
And if you don't define a voiceover connection, you'll the only command you would get in the uh, last six connections, let's say, if you didn't pair F1, but you paired F6, you would only get Apple keyboard commands. And you probably wouldn't get Braille. If you paired connection one and then paired connection six, not only would you get the voiceover Braille commands, but you would get Apple commands like quick nav, and you could use it with the arrow keys. Uh, you could operate your rotor with the arrow keys, and just like you would on a Bluetooth keyboard if you were using a standard Bluetooth keyboard. I have had not had good luck with hybrid connections. I've um, been I've been able to use a standard voiceover keyboard connection and. It works just like any other Braille display would. The only difference is that unlike the, let's say the Magis or the Brillian, you define it in the accessibility menu under Braille options. Uh, I personally ha have not used uh, mobile connections that much on this device. I've not found them to be reliable. I will switch to a connection and sometimes the device won't switch. Uh, or I, I will have to lock the phone and then unlock the phone and hope it takes. And if it doesn't take, then I have to go back to the voiceover menu and pair the device. In theory, you're supposed to be able to press the pairing key plus a function key to connect directly with that connection. I don't know if you can do that on the Mantis. I think I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Uh, you can on the Focus as well. You can. Uh, use a menu key and select one of the of the Braille number key uh, cell key, uh, Braille keyboard dots to switch connections. So I tend to use my Mantis or Brilliant or Focus Five when I need to use mobile devices. They're they're smaller, they're um, uh, lighter. I have used the Mantis. Um, that has some advantages. You don't have to worry about uh, what type of contracted Braille you're using because you're using QWERTY input. So I've had my best experience using Windows, uh, using JAWS and NVDA. Uh, I have not tried Narrator that much, but the QBraille should work with Narrator. It should work with Chromevox. I know I tried a Braille Edge with Chromevox once in the library and that did work. So I don't see why it wouldn't work. Uh, if you want to use the QBraille as an Apple device, you'll have to go into the menu and change keyboards to the Apple keyboard layout. And then when you want to use Microsoft, you'll have to go back in that menu and change the keyboard layout back to Microsoft. Um, that, I forgot a little detail. If you're going to use a hybrid connection with iOS, you will have to change the keyboard layout in the options menu. Now, one of the one of the things that I like where the hybrid uh, concept comes in really useful is in, in uh, USB or in mobile when you can get it to work well, not only do you, can you take advantage of your uh, screen reader commands for uh, different types of Braille entry, but you can also use the device itself to 
create contracted Braille, whatever whatever table you decided, whether that's uh, US Braille uh, or U UEB Braille. And if you are working and you have uh, computer Braille set as your default, you can switch uh, into a, uh, where the device does the Braille entry. And then when you press space, the device sends the characters and back translates them to your device. You know, the, uh, so you, you switch between grades of Braille that you've, that you've defined by pressing the mode key. And the mode key is what turns hybrid mode off and on. Uh, it has to be on in order for the cube Braille to work as a keyboard. So I can press right now uh, the mode key and the pairing key together. And I see, unfortunately, one of the complaints I've had with HIMSS, and they've never fixed it, is that there is what's kind of a flash, flash message, like you see on other displays. Unfortunately, the that flash message is not time adjustable. I have no idea why. So sometimes you have to, I was pushing the wrong key. Sorry about that. Um, sometimes you have to press cycle between um, the type of connection you want the Braille, the Q Braille to use several times before um, you can uh, use the uh, Q Braille as a uh, grade two entry device. Uh, another thing you have to make sure to make sure that all hybrid commands work is you have to have hybrid mode turned on. And I can turn it off and on right now. It just turned off. I don't know if you heard the, did you hear the beeps? It's probably too soft. Yeah. Uh, it makes some of the same sounds that the Braille Edge makes. There's a startup sound. And then there are sounds when you go in and out of hybrid mode. Um, now the the cute the Braille Edge had a similar concept to this, but instead of you continuously writing in grade two Braille and having the text back translated, you had to enter what was called terminal clipboard, and that meant that your Braille display was strictly operating as a self-contained device. And when you wanted to send that text to your computer or phone, you would hit enter and it would send. Uh, what I always found problematic is that um, when I would send text, it would tend to lock up the computer or phone. Uh, the continuous hybrid mode where you're writing contracted Braille sends, you'll see the text on your Braille display as contracted Braille, but it doesn't actually show up on the computer until you hit space or enter. What that also means is if you want to use cursor routing to enter a character, it's probably not, that probably won't work because it won't enter the character to your computer until you press space or enter. So it's really best to uh, turn, uh, press the mode key and the pairing key to exit the uh, uh, braille entry, contracted braille entry on the device. And it's a little tricky because you have several ways of controlling what type of braille you want to uh, read and write. You can do it with your screen reader. If your screen reader, I think JAWS has a braille mode. I think it works better on the focus 
where you can uh, write text so that it appears. Um, but the cube braille uh, should work. I think I think it's more practical to let the cube braille do the back translation and keep in mind the minor limitations that you will need to press space before you can edit your text and you will either need to uh, change the your input method that the cube braille uses to computer braille or you'll have to go to a um, QWERTY keyboard and edit the text that way. I use the cube braille with a Q, Q, with the QWERTY key, keyboard because uh, sometimes Windows commands don't work as advertised. For example, many people have complained that if you press Alt and Tab it and hold down Alt, it should cycle between all of your applications. I found that not to be the case. So I either um, use the QWERTY keyboard or I use an alternate Windows command to cycle between the uh, applications. Uh, I have never used the QBrail as a Bluetooth keyboard with Windows, but I know there are people that do. I always find it kind of a pain to set up a Bluetooth keyboard in JAWS. You have to go through extra steps and you have to define the uh, keyboard to your Windows computer first. Um, I would say some of the disadvantages of the QBrail are first, it's an older product. Um, it was introduced in 2019. Hims hasn't really done any significant updates to the software. The last update that I'm aware of was, I think, last year. Uh, it seems like they're concentrating uh, strictly on their BrailleSense 6 note taker, which is a whole different type of product. Um, the QBrail uses the same CPU that the, uh, the um, Braille Edge does. Uh, unlike the current Braille displays, it does not have Wi-Fi, so you cannot use it as a standalone device to, let's say, uh, download content from NFB Newsline or Bookshare or uh, NLS. Now, one thing it does have, it supports uh, reading Daisy books, uh, not speech. It's not a speech device, but you can use it to read um, Daisy books that you, if you choose to download uh, in the Daisy format from Bookshare, and you can change uh, navigation levels and you can change how you want the book to display as far as uh, grade of Braille. Um, I have not used a Daisy reader that much. I just don't always see the point. I'm not finicky. I tend to uh, just leave uh, reading where I left off when I finish a book or I use another device to read Bookshare books. I know um, I know one person that's had a cute Braille and he's um, also has a Brilliant and he's very picky about uh, Daisy compatibility. And I guess that's more of an issue for some people than others, but it is a step in the right direction to have a Daisy reader as opposed to the uh, Braille Edge, which doesn't. Uh, it does, there are, there is an options menu and it works just like the um, Braille Edge um, 
The main difference is that the Braille Edge has sets of like oval-shaped keys which operate menus as opposed to the, uh, in addition to the capsule keys. The, the two Braille doesn't have those, so you will be using the capsule keys to cycle between menu options in the space bar to select which one you want, and then you will press enter. So if you've used a Braille, Braille Edge, many of the con concepts that the Braille Edge has will also be applicable to the cube Braille. But it does not have a hard drive. So if you're going to create documents on it or um, read a documents, you will have to have um, an SD card inserted. I think it takes up to 32 gigabytes of SD space. Um, it does have a mass storage mode. You can use it as a drive to a co copy documents to and from the um, device, just like you can with a uh, focus display if you're using the uh, scratch pad, if you're using a micro SD card. Uh, the Cubrail accepts normal size uh, SD cards. It's not a micro slot. So from that perspective, it's easier to uh, insert a card and then not, not worry about it getting lost or stuck in the device. Um, but it, um, it it does work, you know, very well. I I don't recall ever having uh, issues reading the reading an SD card. Um, but there was something I was going to say, and my mind went blank. Sorry about that. If I think of it, I'll I'll say it. Um, but you know, for someone that knows the uh, cube or Braille, being the Braille edge, they'll they'll feel at home as far as how the um, applications work, except for the addition of the um, uh, DAISY reader. Uh, one, I would say one other big disappointment I find with the product, well, I would say my main disappointments with the product are that HIMSS haven't really, hasn't really kept it up and they don't seem that interested in doing anything with it. I don't know if they're working on a new product, new a new version of a product like this, or they've just decided to um, focus on the Braille Sense 6. Another thing which concerns me is I don't think the manual is very good, but I often hear people say that about the other PIMS products. What I don't like is that the first section most of the first part of the manual, I would say over half of it, is devoted to the standalone application. So if you want to find out how to use a device with JAWS or NVDA or VoiceOver or even TalkBack, you will have to scroll through several chapters or do find commands. Uh, the manuals are on their website. I think they're in Word and text format. I don't remember uh, seeing a PDF. Uh, reader. Speaking of formats, I, I believe on the device, like the uh, Braille Edge, you can read text, um, contracted Braille, uh, BR, you know, BRL, BRF files, um, Microsoft Word, and PDF. I think with Microsoft Word, it only supports uh, docs files. I've never tried using an R RTF file. I do know that if you do decide to 
load a PDF. It will take time to load. And, uh, but that's also true on the uh, uh, Braille Sense, the older Braille Sense models, the U2 and the U2 Mini. Uh, I have a U2 Mini. I have not seen the uh, Braille Sense 6S, so I can't really comment on um, how it, you know, compares with their other products. But, you know, I always tell people when they're, Looking at the Q Braille, it's a hybrid Braille display. It is not a full-fledged note taker like the uh, Braille Note Touch Plus or the uh, Braille Sense Six. And I think sometimes people uh, confuse that. It also does not have speech um, like the um, Brilliant. And there may be some other Braille displays out there that have speech hybrid displays. I'm not aware of their their. Uh, maybe some uh, European products. Uh, the device will work with, I think it works with any version of Android. I think I've tried it with, have I tried it with Android 13? No, I have not. Um, but you have to use Brailleback. And uh, unlike the Mantis, you don't need to worry about the new standard because it's not using the new standard. So it will support Android. I think I've tried it once or twice, and I had the same connectivity issues. Uh, I'm to the point where uh, I don't like Android Braille support to the point to the extent that I just use a standard Bluetooth keyboard. I just think the Braille support is just too much of a hassle, uh, considering the different options I've tried. Um, and <clears throat> the Q Braille is still available from. Uh, hymns, as well as uh, a company called True Vision, which is in Texas. They um, deal in various. Oops, what was that? Oh dear. Oh, um, the uh, True Vision group is also a hymns dealer, and uh, they sell other products as well. And they also sell training. I got my Cubrail from um, True Vision. And my final comment before um, I'd like to take questions is a lot of people complain about HIMSS tech support that um, uh, that they're not very responsive. I have found that they tend not to answer their phones. So I recommend, and I've had the best luck spent sending emails to their support department, and they usually respond in a timely manner. and I can't think of a time where they haven't been able to answer a question. Maybe once I was having some issues with Windows 11 where the device would disconnect and uh, that issue hasn't been resolved. Um, I know from time to time, Hims has webinars. Um, though the last time I remember them talking about the Qubit Creeperill at a webinar was in the uh, uh, CSUN booth when they're exhibiting, I think also at NFB and probably at ACB, but generally, if you attend an instructional web webinar from them, it will tend to be the Brailsit 6. So it seems to me like they've lost interest in this type of a Braille, either lost interest or they're doing something totally um, in another direction, which I'm not aware of. So I guess time will tell. Uh, I also have a Mantis. I 
I still like the cube braille from the perspective that I can uh, rapidly, rapidly write in grade two braille and not have to worry about is NVDA or JAWS, are they going to translate it? Uh, I have found that sometimes if I write too rapidly, the device will lock up. So I, I do have to uh, slow down. I do like the touch on the keyboard. That's another thing that a lot of hymns users say they like uh, the keyboard touch, but there again, uh, keyboard touch is a subjective thing. Uh, I guess I would recommend this product to someone who is a, uh, a heavy Braille user and for someone who really does need to use Android for whatever reason, uh, it will work with Android. Um, someone also who would rather use um, Windows keys with, a, with Braille keys. I mean, among other things, it does have more keys than uh, Windows keys than the Mantis. I did neglect to say I apologize on the right side to the right of the function keys are um, three, uh, two columns of three keys. The left column going from top to bottom is insert, like type over, and then home, and then end. And then the next column is uh, delete, going from top page up and page down. And those are Windows keys, and they do work. Um, as I said before, the only thing I have had issues with uh, is passing uh, tab and, uh, tab and uh, shift tab to the computer. Um, you can't, Hims will tell you to use sticky keys. I've never had good luck with that. I think it's too bad someone should write some kind of script that you could, um, kind of like a script that someone wrote for the L Braille where you could issue a Windows command and then send it to the computer and then, uh, do anything else you wanted to do. But as far as I know, no one has written uh, such a script for uh, JAWS or NVDA. I think people are concentrating their attention on the new uh, hybrid displays. I believe that's about all I can uh, think of saying about the cube braille. So if people have questions, uh, let me know. Oh, no hands are raised here no in hands. Zoom. Is there any raised in Clubhouse? Oh, I did forget to mention the price. The uh, Cubrail is, I think, about $3,100. It's about the same price as the, uh, maybe a little bit more expensive than the Braille Edge, but with inflation, I think all the Braille displays out there have gone up in price. Yeah. <clears throat> Brad, you there? Yes. Okay, yes. so do we have any okay. plant hands? Nope. No, nothing going on over here. Oh. Okay, anything oh, yet in uh, Zoom, Danette? Um, no. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, I, I can say I do like the Braille cells. They've been reliable. I think once in a while I've had a pin that worked, but I would say compared to some other Braille displays I've used, I find the pins uh, very reliable. Uh, I find cursor routing reliable when um, Windows is working, you know, well. I do know that um, one of their support people, the one I know the best uses NVDA most of the time. And 
I know one of their sales people who um, uh, he cited, but he, uh, uh, at least when I used to hear him doing demos of the Hims products, he used a Mac extensively. So I do know that people who use the Mac and Windows uh, are happy with using it with the Braille. So it, it, it does have a niche. I would say it's a niche product and um we do have hands raised over here in zoom now okay deb you can deb morinos you can unmute thank you i have a cube rail here that i just um, received and i'm not able to connect it to my iphone 11 what it's doing is it pairing it's coming up trail edge but then when you tap on it to connect it comes up um and successful connection not supported? Um, when you went, when you say it's not connecting, did you go into the voice over menu and define it to the phone? Yes, I went into the voice over menu and of course I did the shut everything down, turn everything up, forget all the devices. I've done that a number of uh -huh. times. And I even, I had an old focus so I deleted that in case it didn't like having two braille displays there. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, read the book a few times. I just can't seem to make it connect. Did, um, what I find a little confusing, I wish Hems had changed this, is uh, the device often comes up listed as braille edge. It will have the serial, does it have the, when you're looking, does it have the serial number of your device when you're trying yes. to connect? Okay, good. That's a step in the right direction. Um, I wish they would have um, changed the names to of their driver and well, the driver may actually say Hubrail, but when you look, uh, let's say in Jaws or NVDA, the choice shows up as Braille Edge. I mean, uh, it's also possible that, and I did this, that you may, and it's it's, it's understandable. You may have installed the wrong. What, what, what window screen did you use? I'm sorry, you faded out there at the last. What was that? Oh, what window screen reader are you using? Jaws. Okay. Did you install the driver that yeah, from the Hims website? You know, I plugged in. All I did was use the USB when I couldn't get it to connect to my iPhone, which is what I needed to do. I thought, well, let me see if it'll work on the computer. So I plugged it into the USB port. And mm -hmm. I'm, after listening to what you said, I know what happened is that I didn't go configure something or other. Because all it would do is sit there with its initial message and it refused to do anything. Yeah, you'll, so, you'll, well, you'll need to do a couple things. Um you will need to um, define the device, uh, install the driver, and, and, and then install the driver and don't have it connected, and then connect it and uh, see what you have on your Braille display, see what text shows up. Um, it is. I wish the driver was included with JAWS like the Mantis or the uh, the Brilliant, but un or unfortunately, the Q-Brills like the Focus where you have to install a driver and then plug it in and hope it works. 
Um, okay. Um, what I would do also call contact hymns and ask them to send you a link to the correct driver and install mm. it. Okay. Um, I have a different question because I was used to the focus and I really like the focus. Mm -hmm. Is there an advantage to me going to the QBail? I don't use it to read books. I only use it to silently make my computer silent so I don't have to have jaws chattering. And then I use it to do input when I'm laying flat. Um, I find it much more accurate to do Braille input and it keeps me up on my Braille skills. So do I really need anything more than the focus? Well, here's, here's what I would say. I've used a focus. I used a focus in my um, last job and I bought a, a Q-Braille for a couple of reasons. Uh, I got tired of sending my focus in for repairs. Well, um, that I, is the big problem. You know, yeah. I, I it is, unfortunately four times and I got it back a few months ago and uh, Braille cells are not working. Now, I, I use the focus once in a while if I want something really portable and just carry around the room. Uh, I would say the selling points of the Q Braille are that you have um, the extra Windows keys and that you have this hybrid mode that I talked about where you can um, type on the Q Braille and then when you hit space or enter, it sends and back translates. Um, your text to uh, standard computer braille. And I think uh, different screen readers and uh, support contracted braille differently. I know JAWS has what's called, uh, with the focus, what's called Braille-in, and you have to turn it on and set it up, and you can control your Windows computer from the focus, but you'll have to memorize a lot of commands. It is and really clunky. I don't, it I've is, done it. I mean, yeah, I know people who use the L Braille and have the same. It yes. Is, it has the same, um, the same uh, um, uh, issue. Uh, I, I mean, well, I would yeah. say the big advantages of the uh, Q Braille. Uh, oh, another thing. Now, maybe uh, Nikki can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but one of the complaints I had about the uh, focus with the scratch pad and copying things is in the beginning, if you use mass storage mode, you didn't have braille output in JAWS. You would have to have a Bluetooth connection. And then when you were done, you'd have to turn the focus back off and on it and put it back in the uh, manner that you would use it with your screen reader. I don't know, maybe Freedom Scientific has changed that, where if you go into mass storage mode, you... Um, no. They haven't. No. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, another advantage is I would say cycling in the mass storage mode with the cube rail is a lot easier. You don't have to turn it off. Uh, you just go into the options menu. And um, um, as long as you have an SD card inside the, oh, that's actually the mass storage mode goes from um, your computer to your SD card. And that's, it has to because the QBrail doesn't have a hard drive. But if you've got a card inserted, it's very easy to go to mass storage mode and copy files and then exit it and do what you normally are doing. And you don't have to turn the device off. I have no idea 
why Freedom Scientific set up their scratch pad and the micro SD interface the way they did, but that's what they did. And, you know, it's kind of beyond. Yeah, it is. And I'll tell you that I know the Braille input commands. I mean, I know them well. I've had to use them. I've had to tell people what they are. I have used them on a regular basis. I don't even, I, I have to, don't have to think about them that much. I mean, I do a little bit, but even I, knowing all of the commands, find it very clunky. I would not want to use it all the time. I get, it gets old. It gets tired. I'm like, okay, I want my windows key back. I want my alt key back. I want to press alt F4. I don't want to press this dot one, six, eight chord followed by D to press alt F4. It just, it gets very old very quickly. So that is a, I would say that would have to be a very big advantage because I wouldn't want to use that 100% of the time when I'm using a computer. There's no way. Yeah. Some people complain that they don't like the fact that the space bar is next to the other keys. Uh, they would prefer the space bar behind the uh, Braille display, like the focus is. The focus space <coughs> bar is quite far um, from um, the Braille input keys. And people say that they don't like the space bar near the um, Braille keys because they feel cramped, their hands feel cramped. and I'll have to admit, if you're doing complicated JAWS commands, uh, even if you use a laptop mode, you will have to, your fingers will have to do some contortions. I mean, yes, they're the same commands, but, um, well, you have to be in computer braille among other things, but you really, your hands have to do contortions to get them to work. I think that's less so with NVDA. I, I have a, a regular keyboard connected to my computer at the same time and I switch back and forth all the time. I don't know how that is with the focus, Nikki, if you can, if you're using Braille and what that. Oh yeah, you can, you can use either one. It yeah. interchangeably, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> it's just, if you're using yeah. an L Braille, then part of the thing is, do I want to carry an extra keyboard with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in theory, you can use the Q Braille as a Bluetooth, um, device with your computer. Uh, I haven't done it, but I know there are people that do with iOS, NVDA, and uh, um, Windows. I mean, I've used it with Android. Uh, I would say if you're a real heavy Android user, uh, it's a good option. Although I've used the Focus with um, Android as well, and that worked. I have to admit, even though I don't like the Focus, I will admit that Defining or keeping connections stable does work better. I mean, uh, in general, if you press a menu key and a number on your uh, Braille keyboard using the focus, it will switch to that connection. You may have to unlock your phone, but the only reason it would fail is if your battery is really low to the point where Bluetooth can't um, communicate. Um, I just have not had that with the Q Braille. I don't know why. Uh, I've used it with an iPhone 6S and an iPhone 12 Pro. I've used it with Android with a uh, Pixel 4a, which is what I have at work. And it worked with all of those things. I would say that uh, it stayed paired sometimes better with Android. Although Android has its own challenges with Braille input methods, um, 
sometimes you have to change them because it's dumb and thinks you want to type on a on the on screen or it want you want to type on the uh, type on the uh, on a standard uh, Bluetooth keyboard. Um, I I will I will say that like other third third party displays uh, don't expect much support from Freedom Scientific. They will tell you about your screen reader kind of the minimum JAWS commands, but they'll tell you to contact your uh, vendor for your third-party display. Uh, the QBrail, like other third-party displays, is not integrated into JAWS the way the focus is. Uh, there are fewer right. commands. Um, um, I mean, I still... I'm so what's your name that what's your name that asked the question? Deb. Yeah. Excuse me, it's 1050 and yeah. one more oh. hand is raised. So I yeah, I was gonna say that we really I was I was waiting for a break here to say that. Sorry. Let's get mm -hmm. to our other hand. Um so okay, we can fine. <clears throat> Scott, you yeah. can unmute. <clears throat> okay, thank you. I'm curious about something in 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 general, uh and especially with you, since you have multiple Braille displays, uh, have you ever attempted to connect two Braille displays together via USB and transfer files directly from one to the other? No. Is that even possible, do you know? I'm not sure uh, no. that it is. I don't know. Here's, here's the interesting story about that. I haven't tried it lately, but there is an NVDA add-on called what is that thing called? It's a German add-on. Oh, Braille Extender. Oh. And in theory, you can install that on your computer and you can switch between your primary and secondary Braille display. I have not um, tested that. Um, and the reason is, well, actually, I've tested it with my focus. I have not tested it with multiple uh, Braille displays. I think before I, but it it allows multiple displays to be connected at once. Yes. Oh. Um, what I would probably do if I was going to use it again is I would. I believe there was an update to the updater, which is the app that you have to have in NVDA to use add-ons, and I believe that updater was updated recently. Uh, so, before I install any add-ons, I um. um would install that. I, in theory, in theory, if you have enough USB ports, I have my QBrail connected to a USB hub. I was having trouble getting enough power where it was disconnecting from Windows 11, and I thought a USB-powered hub would improve that, but it really didn't. But I would think, in theory, you could have multiple devices connected and then go into your JAWS options menu and select the one you want to use. Um, where it gets tricky is if you have both a USB and a Bluetooth connection for either the same Braille display or a different one, it can get tricky where sometimes it will think you're using the Bluetooth connection even if you uh, cite USB. So I would say if you're going to go back and forth like that, I would think you'd get better results with NVDA than JAWS. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome.
Okay, do we have any more hands either in Clubhouse or in Zoom? I'm not in Zoom. All quiet over here in Clubhouse. Okay. Wow. Well, thank you, Dan. We didn't really get to do anything with the Mantis. We'll have to have you back for that. <clears throat> thank you, everyone, for coming today and joining us. And uh, we will see you again in two weeks. I don't know what we're going to do yet. I'm still working that out. Um, if there's interest, I may have asked Chanel if she will do some, tell us more information about the Hable that she just got for Christmas. So we'll have to see about that. I'll talk wow. to her about that. It might be interesting. Um, I know there's been a number of presentations on it, but not here. So we got to do it here. At this point, I think what we'll do is we are going to ask Dorlin if she can unmute and give us all of the Braille announcements for the next two weeks. Hey, great. Thanks so much, Nikki and Dan, for a great presentation. You're welcome. You're welcome. Great. So let's see. Tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern time, our weekend Braille together call, we're doing winter Braille games. There'll be games for every level of Braille knowledge. So come and have fun with us. And then next Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, that'll be um, December 24th, we'll be having our weekend Braille together Christmas Braille party. So come have more fun and games with us that day. Uh, then Sundays and Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern time, we have our Braille breakout rooms. We will be having those continuing throughout the holidays. Then uh, let's see. Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday, the 20th, the Braillists across the pond at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time are going to have Kim Charlson uh, doing Braille drawings with the Perkins Brailler. You will need to go over to their website, braillists.org slash events to register for those classes if you haven't. Um, and then you'll get a link to join that on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, the 21st, the Braille Revival League will be having their every other month's uh, call, the Braille Buzz, and they'll be talking about all the different Braille calls that are on the ACB platform. So that'll be great. That's uh, 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Then Thursday at noon Eastern time, the I Love Braille call, there's going to be more Braille drawing fun. So get those, keep those Perkins out. Uh, and then they will... Um, be off the week after that. Both the Brailleless and I Love Braille won't have anything uh, the, the week in between Christmas and New Year's, just a heads up. Then let's see, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern time, there are the grade three Braille classes. And if you haven't been attending them, there's a bunch of YouTube videos if you need to get caught up at uh, grade three Braille on YouTube, that three is the number three. Then uh, I think that actually brings us back to next Saturday or the Saturday, the 31st. And Nikki will be back here at 1 p.m. Eastern time. There will be no weekend Braille together that evening because the community athon will be going on. And uh, that's all our Braille activities for the next two weeks. Back to you, Nikki. Okay. Thank you very much, Dorlin. And thank you, everyone. I would like to wish everyone a happy holiday. And I hope you have a joyous time with your families and with. Uh, you know, and celebrating if you celebrate and uh, have see you in two weeks and uh, have a good day.